Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back to the last 25 minutes of Today's Issues on American Family Radio. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. I'm Tim with Fred and Ray. And uh, joining us now in the studio is uh, Steve Jordahl. Good morning, Steve. Morning, everybody. How are you, brother? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. Better than people in California are doing. Yeah, talk about that because that's your old stomping ground where you were raised there in Northern California. But there's a massive uh, storm hitting the whole West Coast, right? Or is it? It's a series of storms. They're lined up into the oh, really? Pacific. Yeah. Um, causing, causing what? Torrential flooding? It's causing uh, torrential flooding. The death count is at 14 from the current uh, spate of storms after authorities called off the search for a five-year-old boy who was swept away near Paso Robles in California. Uh, 90% of the state's population is under a flood watch. 59,000 people are without power. Um, it's severe thunderstorms possible overnight into Tuesday from San Francisco to LA. So all the way up and down the coast. Um, you mean from, from, from Washington state all the way? Uh, no, it's mostly California, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, this is from San Francisco down to LA. Did I, but yeah. If I, yeah. From San Francisco <laughs> to LA. Um, now they've and, had a drought in California. But- they, they did. They had a drought. They, they go through droughts. California goes through droughts regularly. I mean, it's it's always on or off. They're always having talk of water restrictions and and low um, reservoirs. Now the reservoirs are filling up. That is kind of good. What which what water stays at least uh, in the area. Um, I just found out about ten minutes ago that I have a very close friend who has been uh, evacuated from his home. Is living on a mobile home on. Uh, the church that he works at, the parking lot. <laughs> so, the church at what? What happened? My friend, who's a pastor at one of the churches, the church I grew up in. Yeah, he has been evacuated from his home because of the flooding, and he and his wife um, are living in a mobile home on the yeah. church grounds right now. Storms don't play favorites. The uh, Associated Press story we have on our site, afn.net, notes that um, Montecito, 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 yeah. That's where Prince Harry, Oprah Winfrey live. <laughs> yes. They have been ordered from their houses. Uh, this is dangerous stuff. As I say. <laughs> kind of karma for. Weather doesn't play favorites Prince at all. Harry. Yeah, I saw Ellen DeGeneres was talking about something about making mo- Mother Nature angry. But um. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's a very dangerous situation. because you got, you got mudslides going on. Yeah. You got <clears throat> uh, flash flooding yep. uh, and, and other kinds of flooding. Uh, very dangerous and uh, costly. It was, uh, oddly enough, and this is kind of an aside, it was a storm in Northern California that got me really turned on to radio as a, to want to be a, a news reporter. Back when I was in high school, they had a, a story, and, and the, the big news station at the time in San Francisco was KGO Radio. And I listened to that all the time. And it the evening turned that was regularly a news talk show turned into a uh, um, this was a storm going on in Santa Cruz County and Santa Cruz Mountains where I was living, and uh, it turned into one of these things where I this is Susan and I just want to let my parents know that I'm okay. Um, I can't get a hold of them; they can't get a hold of me. But just tell them I'm okay. Or um, these are the parents of Scott, and we don't know what's happened to them. If anybody knows, and it just was this. Real time 
real good before the before the internet. Before the internet, yeah, yeah. back in the in the seventies, um, and it um, it just I thought, man, that's that's so cool to be able to be part of something. And it got me going down radio. That's an aside. I'm sorry, it's kind of it's okay. Thing. But but uh, California is really yeah. really getting hit. Ray, you got any friends out there? <clears throat> By this? Got a ton. Spent five years pastoring there, and I, I think the most ominous thing or worrisome thing, Steve, is I looked after you made the comment. I looked on the weather map out in the Pacific, and you're exactly right. There's another big one offshore. There's another big one behind that one. There might even be a third one over there somewhere north of Japan. So, even once this storm goes through, <clears throat> California has got. It's not out of the woods at all in terms of trouble. I have uh, the, a weather app on my phone that has forecast for about a week and a half. Um, there's rain today. There's rain Wednesday. They may have a break on Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all rain. And then it, who knows after that. <clears throat> Sounds like, like April in Mississippi <clears throat> right there. You know, what's ironic, too, <clears throat> California was desperate for rain. Mm -hmm. They just... Uh, and, of course, the global warming people were all yeah. saying this example, global warming. Now they're saying with all this rain, ah, that's because of global warming. It, it doesn't matter what happens, right. snowstorms, hurricanes, whatever the case may be, uh, it's all related to that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is taking place, again, as from north to southern from California. about central California, like, well, it, there's not a lot of big cities or towns up north of San Francisco. It's It's... Um, is, that, is that wine country? It, well, directly north of San Francisco is wine country, but all the way up on the way to the coast of Oregon, you got Wairika up there somewhere and, and everything. But you got uh, the redwoods too, don't you? The somewhere? redwoods are all uh, in there. Um, uh, they they enjoy a lot of water, though. Um, so you're not hearing a lot of the population center of northern and central California is San Francisco and south. That's why you're hearing it. I'm not sure what the yeah. damage is up north, it won't be as catastrophic because there's not nearly as many people or infrastructure up there. Where did you pastor in California? Right? In the Los Angeles area, uh, a suburb called Downey, oh, yeah. which is uh, between somewhere between somewhere in there between downtown Los Angeles and Disneyland. Tucked in there somewhere is where I pastored for about five years. I don't know if you agree with me, Ray, but everything from about Ventura south to San Diego is L.A., that's right. It's all one it's big megalopolis, right? right. <laughs> yeah. I went to Ray Comfort's uh, place, you know, Living Waters Ministry. Yeah. I visited him in person about, I don't know when this was, seven, eight, nine years ago, and he was he was somewhere, uh, Anaheim area? Mm -hmm. Isn't that, oh. Is that near Disneyland? Disneyland yes. is in mm -hmm. Anaheim. Right. In Anaheim, yeah. I think he was near the Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim area. Anyway, uh, that uh, you're right. I just remember getting. Uh, I was by myself and uh, got off the plane there at LAX at four o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> when I got my rental car <laughs> and got onto that freeway hmm. going north to Malibu. I was supposed to meet with Kirk Cameron the next day. Yeah. Mm. I didn't get the acting part, but, uh, you know, I went out to audition. Yeah. Actually, I did meet with Kirk Cameron, but it was to interview him about something. It, uh, we met it, uh, but it wasn't, I wasn't uh, trying to get an acting job. But that's, uh, I digress. <laughs> I got out there on that freeway. At four in the afternoon. And I'm a veteran driver. I've been all over the country. 
Okay. Uh, of course, I don't live anywhere near a metropolitan area the size of L.A., but, yeah, I got out there, and if I remember correctly, <clears throat> there were six lanes. Mm-hmm. In go- each direction. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. seen four, but six lanes going one, and it was it was uh, bumper to bumper. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, if I if somebody uh, bumps has a wreck, mm-hmm. clogs the whole thing up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, and I and I was thinking to myself, I know how people get road rage now. Yeah. You know what's interesting is yeah, when it gets like that, it's bumper to bumper. It's slow. Motorcycles are allowed to do what's called lane splitting. I used to ride a motorcycle in California. You can go between on the lane divider and go between the cars. Uh, but did when, you do that? Yeah, occasionally, <laughs> not at high speeds, but right. Um, but when it 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 the traffic lessens up, it never really gets empty. Maybe two or three in the morning, you're relatively alone on the thing on the street but eight nine ten at night after the rush hour there's a lot of cars still it's almost bumper to bumper except it's, it's bumper rush to bumper hours at 70 Isn't miles it rush an hour. hours with plural yes yeah yeah there's a lot I of rush hours there. but i mean even off rush hours it's bumper to bumper at 70 miles an hour mm. it's amazing california drivers are a whole nother well, breed I was, I was shook up yeah it takes a while you used to it took me uh like two hours to get to my yeah it takes a while to, to get about 25 miles. By the way, I would invite you to God's part of California, Northern California. Okay, I would go say God's, God's part as far as the beauty and the creation, not the politics. <laughs> kind of nowhere in California that's God's country. Now, I have, uh, I did speak at a Christian camp. Was it called Mount Hermon? Yeah, that's right? Santa Cruz. Yeah, and yeah, this, that's a big Mount Hermon is directly being involved in this. There, there's flooding. Uh, and they had it, was in the San, it was in the San Jose area, right? Santa Cruz Mountains. Right. Right, right. Santa, Santa Cruz Mountains. It's, in, it's yeah. by Felton. Uh, it's, it's I went in- there to speak. This is 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, to speak, and it was a uh, Korean-American conference, mm-hmm. I think it was. I worked at, at Mount Hermon one summer. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, I tried to speak in Korean. It didn't work very well <laughs> for me. Um <laughs> So, but the uh, intersection of the road that the the uh, Mount Hermon is on a road called Conference Drive, yeah, and the intersection of Conference Drive with Highway Nine, right there by the by the uh, Mount Hermon, they've been doing water rescues in that. Uh, oh, intersection. you mean this, that's in the news because the flooding? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you're right. They've had no rain in California now for five years, and now it's all coming at once. Yeah. <clears throat> You're listening to today's issues. Next story, Steve. All right. Uh, well, uh, better late than never, shall we say? But the Washington Post is announcing breaking news. What's the breaking news? Steve? Breaking news: Russian trolls on Twitter had very little influence on the 2016 election. You mean when Trump beat Clinton? When Trump beat Clinton. <laughs> I thought it was Russian interference, and, and well, and, and so you know, did- Trump was meeting with um, the Russians. Putting all this together, yes, you know, apparently at the Trump Hotel and all this. What we, what's what we Trump heard? Tower. So that turns out to be not true. Uh, but Adam Schiff said he had proof. Yeah, Adam had proof. <laughs> he had proof. <laughs> this is the Washington Post, which is a very liberal mag- uh, newspaper. They, what are they quoting? Some kind of re- uh, their study. The study, which is New York City's uh, University Center for Social Media and Politics, held. Yeah explored the limits of what Russian disinformation and misinformation was able to achieve 
on one major social media, uh, media platform in 2016. I have figured it out. All right. It, it has just come to light right now. What's that? The um, classified documents found at Joe Biden's center. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the Washington Post just discovered what's in those documents. Uh-huh. What's that, Fred? Well, they just, that they just, oh, oh. just did the story. Oh. <laughs> Well, uh, you mean that there was no Russian collusion? Yeah, yeah. For Trump to win in sixteen. That's what was in those classified documents in the Washington Post. We all knew that was a bunch of garbage. When huh? I brought this into the story meeting today, Fred, you mentioned you said, "Didn't they get a Pulitzer Prize?" They did in twenty eighteen. Yeah, they won a Pulitzer Prize for their coverage of Russian influence in the twenty sixteen election. So they got a Pulitzer Prize for a story that's not true. That's correct. That they're saying that true in their own newspaper. Yes. Do you think they'll well, they're not referencing the, their own? Pre- you think they'll give it back, Fred? Think they'll get no. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Well, all those Pulitzer Prize people—they all are lefties. Yeah. Well, and they all here. think alike, and they're all pat each other on the back. <clears throat> they're not going to go back and say we were wrong about no. uh, the Trump-Russia connection. No, of course I still not. can't believe we had two years of what was the guy's name that had the special committee, uh, the former Mueller investigation. Oh, Mueller, yeah, oh, Robert yeah. Mueller. They had two years of Mueller investigation with unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of Clinton supporting attorneys as yeah. part of the investigative team, mm-hmm. and in the end, they couldn't come up with anything. Nothing. Nothing. They got a couple of of Trump uh, supporters on tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Because they were, but but nothing connected to Russia collusion. Nope. After two years and all that money. That's right. Uh, and now you're saying that the Washington Post newspaper is saying there was nothing to it all along. Is that what you, have I got that right? Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> t- tell me something we don't know. Exactly, right? right? Next story, Steve. All right. I ran across this uh, just before I came into the studio and I grabbed some sound really quick. Um, there is a, a gal who used to sing with a, a pop group called the Pussycat Dolls. I'm not that familiar with this, but according to our producer, Brent, you don't want to go see much of what they have to do. But um, We're this, not recommending their we're videos not recommending or music? Their, no, we're not. Okay. But um, her name is Kaya Jones, and she eventually found Christ and left the, the industry and, and, uh, and everything. But... In the process of her being in in the world, she uh, had she had three abortions, and she, each one got simpler and simpler. And she thought she was done with them. But I want you to hear what uh, her perspective is now as she's separated and a little older and has found Christ. Uh, listen to cut fifteen. I was destructive. I was destroyed. I was completely enchained and in bondage to the devil or the enemy or the realm of death, if you will, where I was living in my worst self. Low self-esteem, which leads to promiscuity, ultimately, which leads to you having an abortion that you wish you never even encountered because it's painful beyond measure. Do you ever get over it? Never, never get over it. It is something that you will live with for the rest of your life. And when it hits women at a later time, it is something that is so painful. Wish they didn't have the music there. I yeah. hardly understand her. But she was saying, this was a, a singer, yep. and um, she lived a very promiscuous lifestyle. Right. 
and she's now looking back. Uh, she had three abortions, and as she's, what she was saying was you never get over it. Never get over it. It's so damaging to your spirit. Um, why is that, Steve? Why is abortion damaging? Because it is, you're literally taking uh, an innocent baby and killing it. You're, you're participating, and I know we have compassion on women who have abortions, but you cannot get around the fact that they are participating in the. You think the they know that? No, you, I, think, the, you think most women uh, know that when they're getting abortion, that it's killing a baby? They they them? talk themselves out of it. They may know, but they talk themselves out of it. But as you just heard Kaya Jones say, she was enchained. The devil had her in his, you know, and we know that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. And so the devil, uh, Satan, was whispering in her ear, it's fine. It's fine. Nothing to it. Go ahead. Right? Did you hear that? Her talking there? I did. I thought that was so powerful because we can say, us guys, we can say same thing. doesn't have the same impact as a woman who's been there who has, who, who was captive. You know, Steve, the Bible talks about being held captive yeah. by the devil. That's a, that's a true biblical thing to be held captive by the devil to have your eyes blinded by the god of this world to be so under the power of evil influence and it's not just the devil whispering it's the devil's people whispering in your ears go ahead here's the money just get rid of it yeah just you don't need this uh she has experienced the life-transforming power of the gospel of jesus christ which makes her testimony all the more powerful but it's not just people who have been rescued by Christ who have these feelings of, of regret. Um, research shows us that many people, no matter, most women, no matter what they say, if you delve deep enough, there is pain surrounding that decision. Yeah, there is. But the encouragement I think that the God's Word can offer is that He is forgiven. Yeah. When... Uh, and we know we may have people listening right now, women that have done this in the past. God has forgiven. But one of the mm-hmm. tougher things many times for uh, women who have been through this, they get saved. Uh, yes, God forgives them, but they have trouble forgiving themselves. Right. And, and, and that, is, that is an instruction of Scripture, that we are to put those things behind us because the devil will try to bring this up again and again and again. Sins that have been committed in the past, they're now under the blood. Uh, but the devil likes to just, because he can't get your soul. Uh, God has that. When you get saved, God is taking care of that for eternity. But the devil's next goal is to make you miserable as a Christian. Yeah. And uh, we have to just trust in God's word that that sin is under the blood. The Bible says it is as far from the east as from the west. It has been forgiven. And uh, we have to encourage these people who have gone through this, but they found Christ, that they can put that behind them. It's almost an arrogance, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I, that's harsh, but uh, Ray, to think that um, God can forgive us, but I, I have a higher standard than he does, and I can't forgive myself. You know, if you have, I mean, just to take the instance of abortion, there's nothing more unnatural, nothing in all the world more unnatural than for a mother to kill her own baby. That leaves a stain and a mark that you carry part of that. You carry part of that memory with you forever. The question is, how do you finally look upon it? And, and you know, in 
this Bible reading I've been doing, I, I came across this word that God describes himself not just as merciful, but abundant. Mm. That's a beautiful word. Not just merciful, but he is abounding. There you go. That's the word I was looking at. Abounding in mercy. He never runs out of mercy. He has mercy for he has mercy for sins you haven't even committed yet. He's got mercy for sins that you would never forgive if you were God. That's how much mercy he's got. And and part of it, I think, the forgiveness for women, for any of us, is to get a view of God that is as big as the Bible's view of God, a God who, because of Christ and his death on the cross, is not just willing to forgive. He's eager to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He is like the the father, the the, the father of the prodigal son, He went, and he stood, and he waited, and he watched, and when he saw that little speck in the distance, that's his son coming home. What does the Bible say? He ran. He ran to his son who wasn't even home yet and threw his arms around him and fell upon him and wept and welcomed his son back. And I just want to say to anybody out there, we all live with different sins, and abortion is just one kind of thing people live with. We all have memories that haunt us. The Father is abounding in mercy. Abound- He's got mercy to cover all your fears, all your doubts, all your uncertainties, and whatever you did last night that you don't want the rest of us to know about. He has got abundant mercy. If you will come to him, you'll discover he's been running in your direction all along. Amen. That's good. All right. Hey, why don't we end on some good news? We've been following the uh, the health of Demar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bill safety who uh, had that uh, heart attack on the field a couple Monday nights ago, and uh, there was a real question that night: nine minutes of uh, CPR, uh, would he live? If he lived, how much brain damage would there be for that lack of oxygen? A lot of people prayed, and we just heard from the doctors. Yesterday, I want you to hear a little bit from those doctors. Um, this is Dr. William Knight. He is with the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Medical Center. And he says they've released Damar Hamlin, cut 13. We shared last time that we were with you that our ultimate goal was to get Damar uh, back home to his amazing family and the broader Buffalo family. Well, Dr. Prince and I are thrilled and proud on behalf of UC to report to you that Damar Hamlin has been released and returned to Buffalo. I traveled with him to the airport this morning with our UC Health air care and mobile care crew, including teammates who were with us on the field when Damar Hamlin collapsed. He landed safely and as standard as anybody who has gone through what he's gone through this past week, and certainly after flying on a plane, he is going to be observed and monitored to ensure that there's no impact on the flight of his condition or on his lungs. Dr. Pritz and I have spoken extensively with his care team in Buffalo, and I can confirm that he is doing well, and this is the beginning of the next stage of his recovery. Yeah, that's good news. It is absolutely. Good news. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you, Ray. You bet. Thank you, Tim. Fred? Yeah, you bet. Our thanks to Brent uh, Creeley, our producer. Let's see. Jenna Ellis, Frank Turek, Christopher Woodward was on uh, last hour as well. We hope you have a wonderful day and uh, keep listening to American Family Radio. And we'll see you back here tomorrow, everybody. Take care.